Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast. For music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Okay, you guys ready for this? We're going to uh, receive the word, and we know that the word of the Lord does not return void. So when we hear God's word and, it, and we have good and noble hearts where that seed lands, brings forth harvest, it accomplishes what God desires. And so I believe that's going to happen here this morning. Um, this morning I want to talk to you about, the Lord just put this in my spirit, about last call. Last call. Now, if you've been in a, a restaurant or a bar, it happened to me the other night. I wasn't in a bar, but I was, I was, it was a Friday night, and we were, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, it was Friday night, and we were coming back, and there's a late-night place in, in um, Franklin restaurant, you know, and, I, and uh, I thought, for sure, we can get in there. I know they're open till 1 p.m. Just get some food. I was hungry, and then I got there like, you know, two minutes after midnight, after a Friday night, and they're like, sorry, you know, we closed the kitchen. It's like, and then we went to another restaurant, and that was closed too. We're like, oh, man, it's like, we missed it, you know, and, the, and but could you imagine, just for a moment, if you, you just picture the last call of God, of the gospel, of an opportunity to be saved, sanctified, delivered, and invited into heaven for all of eternity, and missing that? Like, sorry, we're closed now. You had your chance. Could have ordered two minutes ago. One minute. And so, but I believe we're in the season in, in church history where there's a last call going out. I believe we're in a time where, if you hang around here, you'll hear this a lot, where we're believing and working towards. We're not just believing. We're putting, putting action and effort, even sacrifice, into the greatest harvest that the world has ever known, as well as the greatest awakening. Is, I believe is coming to our land. And we get to be part of that. So this last call, when we say that, when the Spirit is searching the earth for those who are His, how, how are they going to hear? I mean, the last call is kind of a mystical thing. It's like, okay, so God's wrapping up eternity as we, or the, this realm as we know it into a new dispensation. We know that the Lord will return. It'll be a thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ on earth, but how, how does that last call go out? What does that look like? And I just want to submit to you this morning that God wants to use your voice, your life, your actions. That's how he's appealing to men, saying be reconciled to God. He puts an appeal out through us, those who are attentive to, to his bidding and have taken what we call the Great Commission, seriously, and say, said, Lord, here I am, send me. I want to be part of this. And so when we look at this, uh, I want you to, this morning to just ask the Lord, Lord, how can you use my life? What are my gifts? What's, can he use your story? Can he use your voice? Can he use your gifts? Of course he can, and he wants to. And so I, I pray that this would be uh, inspiring um, to each of us as we hear this this morning. And have you ever been inspired by seeing someone just use their gift? It, it just intrigues you. You're like, wow, that is cool. That's, you know, just 
I remember it uh, just came to mind. Uh, uh, we were out on the tractor Friday night, and Eric was up, up on there with us. And, and, and uh, we said, okay, Eric, you're, you're our evangelist. We're busy doing music, so you're going to have to, you're on, buddy. And just seeing him pick up that microphone and just begin to preach, share his testimony, pray for individuals, props over people, it's inspiring. And let me tell you something, it rubs off on us. Okay, if you get around people that are busy doing what God intended us to do, it'll inspire you. You're like, wait a second, what am I doing over here doing just about nothing when I could come over here and you get around a people, a fiery group of people who are after it together, who are calling upon the name of the Lord with a pure heart and they're on mission, okay? We're doing the things that God put us here for. We're not just here to take up space. We're not just here to play video games. We're not just here to, to be entertained and amused and, and, uh, and, and just, you know, dabble in social media. I mean, we need to be on mission. And God has something, no matter what age you are, what purpose, I mean, what age or what gift set you are, there's something for everyone. There's no unemployment in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Everyone has a role. Everyone has a purpose. And it's the thing you will never regret. When you do the thing for which God created you for, when you do those things, you take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of you, you'll be forever grateful, okay? And you'll have uh, fruit to show for it. Thank you. Isn't Candace awesome? Oh, wow. My goodness. <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> Bless you, Candace. <laughs> yeah, her gift of making coffee and many other things. All right, so let's jump into the scripture. Y'all ready for this? Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to jump into this. Okay, we can stand for the reading of God's word. We do this out of reverence, saying, hey, we're standing on the word. This ain't just anyone's opinion. This is the word of the Lord. It's eternal, and it stands forever, so we're going to stand. Okay, um, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires... They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their itching ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is Apostle Paul speaking to young Timothy. Please be seated. So older generation speaking to the younger generation, saying, giving them this charge. And I love where he says, I give you this charge. Have you ever felt that in life before where someone gave you a charge, gave you a mandate, gave you something that you're like, whoa. You're like, whoa, that's something to live for. That's something to even die for. That's, it's different than just a suggestion or, hey, can you do this? Can you help me? No, there's a charge. There's a commissioning, if you will. And I believe that all of us are up under this same type of charge, um, and, I, and it starts with where he says, um, 
in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing of his kingdom. So that's pretty grand, isn't it? It's like in, in, in view of God and Jesus and the judging of the living and the dead and the appearing of his great kingdom, that's the setup for this. He says, now I give you this charge. I give you this purpose. I give you this mandate. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. You could almost say, be prepared when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it. When it's popular, when it's not popular. When there's freedom of religion, when there's not freedom of religion. I mean, what, whatever, uh, I just met a, a man back here. His dad was a street preacher in Romania, which was a communist country. And people paid dearly to preach uh, the gospel in season, out of season. Now, so we have to be tenacious about this. When we grab hold of this, it's not just when it's popular, when it feels good, when I get around to it. Is this making sense? But, but to be in season, out of season, uh, plugged into the Lord, on mission. And this is what I want to talk to you about. How do we do that? How do we stay in that place, that cutting edge? Who wants to be cutting edge for Jesus? People are cutting edge for all kinds of things, but how about for Jesus? I always like to say from the earliest time when I started inspiring the troops, saying, hey, let's tackle the hood down here back in 93, 92. I used to say, man, let's max out for Jesus. How about it? Let's give him our all. Let's give him our best. And, uh, and so that never changes. I mean, God still looks for those who will love him with their all. Okay? So Jesus says this. I'm going to go into this for a little bit. I don't have uh, nice little points and things like I do most of the time. I just felt like I wanted to talk about this stuff, so hopefully it'll still make sense, okay? Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus says this. He says, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. How many people understand that, realize that? Even in the body of Christ, how many of us really understand that the kingdom of heaven is near? It's here. It's all around us. You can reach out. It's at hand of the translation. You can reach out and touch it. There's a thin veil between us and the eternal realm right now. There's angels all around us right now. There's also demonic realm that we know of uh, that is in and out of our lives and different influences. Okay? So preach this kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to say, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. And it's just like a, just an, another to-do list for the day, right? Just, another, <laughs> just go ahead and heal the, heal the sick and raise the dead, you know. Just, but, but this is what I love about it. For God, it's nothing. He's, he's just saying, just another day in the kingdom. It's what we do. Does this make sense? And, and our job is to believe and to be on mission it's up to God for the results. Does this make sense? And so a lot of people get, get stuck. Well, what if I try, you know, to heal someone and they, they, they don't get healed right there or it doesn't turn out so well. I mean, I'll be embarrassed. They'll be embarrassed. Or How much stuff do we not do for the kingdom just because we think it might not turn out well, might not look good on me, I might be embarrassed, or, Lord forbid, Jesus might be embarrassed, so I'll just stay here and be neutral. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not embarrassed by his word or his mandate or his purpose over your life. Does this make sense? And so we, we line up with the word of the Lord. And I believe we're, this last call, this great harvest is coming. 
I believe we're going to see the preaching of the word, Acts chapter 2, and, uh, and then Acts chapter 3, there was healing that started to go out, and then coming from that, there was prosperity, that no one, that there was such a community that was built that, that no one even had a need anymore. There was the preaching of the word, there was a, the healing that began to go out, and there's signs and wonders and miracles, people being saved, and this, is, this all goes together, you guys. It, it's a package deal. Someone say it's a package deal. He actually says, Jesus says this in Mark 16, 16, actually 17, says, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. And so signs accompanying those who believe. Have you ever experienced that? Just because you believe, stuff happens, eternal things, kingdom things. People get sick. People begin to speak in tongues. Demons are cast out. Demons are displaced. They come out with loud shrieks. Have you ever been in, this, in, in a deliverance session or, you, or just stumbled upon one, and next thing you know, you're like, whoa, this is from another realm. Like that is not a human voice. You've been there? We need to be there. This is normal Christianity. See, I believe a lot of what's happening is we're just coming back to the normal. Now, normal to, to a regular Christian, a regular American Christian, I would say would seem radical. They're like, oh, those guys are radical. They're, they're, they're out there. They're cutting in. Man. But God's trying to just bring us back to normal where this stuff is normal. This is what we do because we believe. And we set captives free, and we're on mission. We're on point. Okay, so um, now how important is it to preach the, the gospel, preach the good news? Well, let me submit this to you. Matthew chapter 10, 32, Jesus speaking again, says, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men... I will disown before my Father in heaven. Let me read that to you one more time. Let it sink in. Whoever acknowledges me before men. Have you ever acknowledged the Lord before men? Whether you're preaching, whether you're on the streets, whether you're having a coffee with a friend, whether you're testifying to your family, whatever. but acknowledging the Lord before men, not keeping it a secret. Well, my faith, it's private. It's just a private thing. Well, I, I, let me say you're wrong. Okay, You can be private all you want, but if you stand before the judge of the living and the dead someday and you go, well, you know, I just, it was just between you and I, wasn't it, God? He goes, no, you missed the point. I left you there so you could be a messenger to preach the good news before men. You got brothers and sisters that missed out on the gospel because you weren't listening to what I said. And then, and then the consequence of such a thing is profound. It's like whoever disowns me before men I will disown before him. I will disown, I will, sorry, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. We know at the end of the age there's going to be a lot of pressure with the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist coming. 
Where's your allegiance? Who will you worship? And we need to let it sink in now. Where is our loyalty? Are we really all about Jesus or is it just convenient for a while, a little dabble, do your religion? And then when the pressure's on, we bail out. It says many will turn from sound doctrine. Many will, their itching ears is like, I don't want to hear that anymore. That's just too, too intense. Like, let's just move on. Like, I'd rather hear, I prefer this. Careful what you prefer when it comes to the word of the Lord. And I remember when I was a young guy, man, I would like, I would find those, those scriptures I find them in there. You know, we'd be highlighting our Bibles and the whole thing. Like, I find the ones that just slayed me, just filleted me. Like, here comes the word of the Lord, the sword of the Lord. You know, it's like, oh, it hurts so good. Thank you, Lord. You know, I mean, literally, we'd search for those scriptures. Like, man, I want to be in. I want to be all in. I don't want to just like just you know a nice cozy deal. I want. I want to. Man, he says, carry the cross. The cross is not comfortable. I'm not. A, you know. I remember one time Rick Joyner said that. I think I've said it before. I think it's funny, though. But he said, you know, we, we think of no pain, no gain, you know, when it comes to working out. But he, he said, you know, but really, most human nature is no pain, no pain. That's what they want, right? No, I, don't, I don't want any pain. It's really, I prefer none. But, but when, we, when we begin to realize that as we sacrifice, as we're sacrificial, as Christ was, as he left us an example we should follow, we begin to see fruit in the kingdom. When we suffer, it releases glory. When we suffer, it releases character. And our greatest character development, can anyone testify to this, has been through those seasons of suffering? Did they hurt at the moment? You bet they hurt. You're carrying that cross. But did it release? Wave your hand if you found that to be true. Like, whoa, my goodness, that's when I grew the most. It was excruciating. But God was working on my heart, transforming. You look back and go, thank you, God, even for that tough stuff, even for being betrayed, even for the deepest wounds I've been through. If you take it to Jesus, God will turn it to gold. He'll turn it to character. Come on, someone. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. (laughs) All right, where are we here? So uh, signs will accompany those who believe. Can we believe for that? Can we be a company that believes for that and say, Lord, I don't want to go a day without signs. It's not about looking for miracles. I just want it to be, I just want it to flow out of me. I want to see it in the coffee shop. I want to, I want to see it when I call someone. I want, to, I want to text someone and they go, whoa, you wouldn't believe you prophesied over my life at the right time, man. You spoke something. Just, just keep prophesying. Keep speaking the word of the Lord. Keep living in the unction of the spirit. When he tells you, I can't tell you how many people over the years, praise be to God, that come up to me a decade later, 20 years later, and say, man, you prophesied over my life. And I'm sitting there going, who are you? You know, I don't even remember them. I don't remember them. Some I do. Some I recognize face. But the cool thing was I planted a seed by God's grace Somehow I was obedient back then. And they go, man, it came true. I lived this and this and this. And I thank the Lord every time. I was like, wow, praise be to God. He watches over the seeds that we plant even when we forgot. We're just scattering seed, right? Scattering seed everywhere we go. You come back someday like, ooh, where'd all this come from? And it can happen quick. Sometimes it's 20 years later you'll hear about it. But sometimes you'll be surprised. We were at a, a wedding, uh, Todd McDowell's daughter, uh, son, and Kendall Hewitt's daughter, Rachel, they got married. It was a beautiful time out on some land. 
And Kendall's brother had bought this land, and he just bulldozed and worked, you know, just made roads, and you name it, he did all stuff. But he said at the last minute, he's like, uh, you know, they said, you know, I think that the, 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 we should have the people up here for the reception, and, uh, and, and we should have the, the wedding over here, and we need the parking. And he's looking at like, girl, do you know what you're saying? <laughs> like, do you know how much work that is? But he got on the bulldozer, and he was like plowing, changing everything. And then, and then he, he literally planted a field of grass, at the last minute, he said, man, I planted those like five, six weeks ago. And we were looking at it going, this is beautiful. Look at this grass. It was like, you ever see grass when it first comes up? How green, it's almost effervescent, like beautiful brand new seeds, uh, or um, what do you call it? Grass. <laughs> you know, what's another word for grass? I don't know. Blades, blades of grass, yeah. And when I was just looking at it going, this is amazing. And he was like, man, it was about a nick of time that this grass came in. Or it would have been a mud fest. But I'm telling you, you are planting stuff wherever you go, and some of it's going to come up in the nick of time. It's going to save lives. It's going to set captives free. Some stuff you're not going to hear about till later. It's like, oh, you were the one. You were the one who prophesied over me. You took a minute. You took some time. And so people are going to be healed because you're obedient. People are going to be raised from the dead. People will begin to speak in tongues because you're obedient. They'll get a prayer language. They'll step into the supernatural realm because you're obedient. You're carriers of it. Let me move on to the next passage. 1 Peter chapter 3.15 says, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Isn't that interesting? There we go. We see there's resistance. Again, we see if they hated him, they'll hate you. Now, don't, you might as well know that on the front end because a lot of people are just shocked. Like, I thought it was going to be all nice people. I'm in church. You're like, no, you're going to have some battles and you're going to have religious people, spirit of religion come against you as you follow Jesus, just as Jesus did. But he says, but do this, uh, give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. Have you ever had someone ask you, come right up and just say, man, what's going on with you? Like, what, what, what makes you tick? Or I remember one time, that probably the most shocking one I remember, like, I had just moved to Nashville from Canada. And, uh, you know, I was a total music head, so that's pretty much all I did. But then I had to get a job. Okay, so that, that was shocking in itself. <laughs> it's like, what? I have to work? You know, so I got a job at Steak and Ale up in Rivergate. I'm going up there for the help, help uh, launch the, uh, what's it, the, the God Tent starts a, a revival up there in Goodlettsville. Same area, back to my old stomping grounds where I first landed in Nashville. But anyways, here I am trying to be a, a waiter, trying to figure all that out. And, uh, and I, I felt like a fish out of water. I was like, man, I don't know a- anything. I didn't learn to do anything about food, and I was just like, how do I do this, and, and I'm just kind of, you know, making my way through this thing, and, and uh, hoping I'm doing okay, I'm, get, I'm doing okay on tips, I'm staying alive at least, you know, I'm like thinking, God, you got to open up some music here soon, because homeboy's dying on the vine, <laughs> and then this guy comes to me, this guy named Mike Martin comes up to me, he corners me by, by the cash register there, he, gets, he goes, McLeod, he goes, you're different. What makes you so different? I'm like, what? You know, I mean, I've been watching you. You're different. There's something about you. 
Like you, and, and, and we ended up hanging out after, and I've talked to him. Within about three nights hanging out after, after working, he gave his life to the Lord and got radically on fire. But I was able to give an answer to the hope that I had. What, what was it in me, just a waiter stumbling through the day, trying, a musician trying to be a waiter? And, and by God's grace, I was able to be a witness See, no matter where you are, you might say, well, I'm a, I'm a computer engineer, or I'm a businessman, or I'm sales, or I'm a teacher. No, you're a witness first and foremost. You're a witness. People are watching you. Wherever God puts you, we're a witness. And so be prepared. Always, see, watch this. Always be prepared. Do we always feel prepared? Probably not. Um, and then, so we want to take a moment and say, how do we... Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us for the reason of the hope that we have. And I just want to say, it says to do it with gentleness and respect. Sometimes you'll see people preaching the gospel, and there's kind of an edge. There's kind of a harshness. I think watch out for that. I'm not saying there can't be times where you thunder the gospel, but I don't ever like to put the gospel or the Holy Spirit, the work, in a box. But we have to take into account such words where it says with gentleness and respect. So back in the day, there used to be a lot more than there is now. There used to be a lot of people, you know, fire and brimstone, standing on the corner, scaring everyone, spooking everyone into the kingdom if they even responded. Most just rejected, like, I don't want that. I don't want any of that. Okay? So there's a gentleness, there's a respect that needs to be there, but we need to give an answer. We need to preach the words. Is this making sense to anyone? Okay? Uh, we need to be the voice of the last call. Okay? So how are we going to do that? Now, the Lord just gave me this simple analogy. It's probably pretty familiar because most of us have cell phones, smartphones. <laughs> smartphones that make us dumb. But anyways. Uh, so, but I, I was just thinking about, um, you know, what is it? it it's a piece. It's a, a praise God for the technology. We've got to watch out for the dangers of it. However, what is it? It's a, it's, a, it's a device to help you connect and communicate. Connect and communicate. So that's the first step. It was kind of showing me, how do I be prepared? It's kind of like, if it's, it's like a cell phone that is charged, ready to go. So how do we connect? We have to talk to God. We have to connect with God first and foremost. If you're going to be prepared to give an answer, to preach in season, out of season, we have to be Connected to the Lord. So when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? We connect, at least with the Lord. I mean, you remember back in the day when Benny Hinn put it, wrote this book? It's probably the first book of its kind where he was speaking directly to the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. You know? And it was just literally saying, hey, we can talk to the Lord. He's there. He's with us. That's pretty good. Woo! I'm going to start, <laughs> you're going to be wound up if I drink too much of that. Um, anyways, connecting with the Lord, it's imperative, and we need to make it a discipline, and it's not just the first moment, but can we stay connected with the Lord? Can, I brought a message a few weeks back about uh, listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Seven points on how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to stay in tune with the Lord. And so that the next, so that's number one, talk to God. And he's, he'll talk to you, um, connect with him. Point number two, there's real simple stuff. Uh, listen to him. Actually, 
you got to take a moment and say, you know, get in sync. You know, a lot of times if you plug your cell phone into your, your uh, computer, if you, it, it'll sync up. It'll all sync up. It'll be, you know, download information back and forth. So we have to sync up with the Spirit. We have to be in tune and tep, in step with the Spirit. Okay, listening to the Lord is partly how you're going to be prepared to give an answer. Okay, uh, and, the, and the next one is uh, stay filled up. Get charged, like, and again, like the cell phone, charge. Get charged. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Word. Okay, if you're, if you're depleted of the Word, if you're depleted of the Spirit, you haven't connected, you, you might not be able to spill out Jesus every time someone bumps into you, as we're intended to do. Does this make sense? So stay filled up. Get filled with the Spirit. Say good morning, Holy Spirit. Hang around spirit-filled friends. It'll spill over to you. When you're empty, get around some people that can encourage you. Get in the Word. You know, we have so many ways to get the Word. You can have audio. You can have preaching. I mean, it's all around. Whatever you want, you can have at your fingertips now. So how are, you, what, how are your choices? What are, we, what are we, with all these options and all these possibilities of what we can have around us, what we can digest, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. What are we feeding ourselves? This is partly how we're going to be ready to overflow for the Lord. Making the right choices. And another thing that the Lord showed me about just these, kind of was comparing us to the, I don't know where my cell phone went, but uh, <laughs> one thing that happens to, to, to phones that I think can happen to humans um, is they can overheat it happened to me out at the, the land of this wedding yesterday where all of a sudden my phone was just like, I picked it up, it was like fire. I was like, whoa, what's going on? And, and then, you know, like you can have maps on, you can have all these applications, you have too many applications. All, and after a while, that phone is just like, ah, overload, 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 overload. And I believe that's a picture. We have to simplify as humans. You can have too many applications going and you're starting to overheat. You got anxiety. You got maybe anger issues. You got things. A lot of it's like we got to turn that baby off. Turn off all the things I'm talking about. You are the connector. You're the the communication piece that God wants to use at the end of the age. You got to know when to turn off, when to shut down. Shut down all the extra. A lot of extra comes our way. We're in an information age, and you and we have to reset. When I turned that phone back on, it was all happy again. It was cool again. It was a nice temperature. It was happy. It was like, oh, no, just open one application this time. So we're similar to this. These, these situations that you can see can re be related to humans and whether we're ready and we're good to go for the Lord or if we're on overload or if we're bogged down with the things of this world or if we've lost our charge. Okay. The other passage I just want to bring highlight is uh, from Revelation 12, 10. It says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. I'm talking about preaching the word of the Lord. At the end of the age, overcoming by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, but by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives as much to shrink from death. So they really weren't here just to get cozy in this life. They knew they had an eternal destiny in the Lord, and they're here on mission, even to the point of their, their life being martyred. 
And I know this is deep stuff, but I believe the power of our testimony can never be underestimated. When it comes to preaching the word, because it's your experience. It's like, I know that I know what God's done for me. And no one can take that from you, your story. And the power of it overcomes the evil one, overcomes the accuser of the brethren at the end of the age. And I feel like the, the power of testimony is going to get lit up like never before. Where people are going to just say, I remember Jason was up there a few weeks back on the tractor just saying, I used to work these streets doing drugs down here and selling drugs. I mean, just the, the power of that, of that word going out. But Jesus turned my life around. I'm a new creation. We feel like the, the prison is, we, we were in the prison for 12 years. It's opening up for us again. We had a, a season where it shut down with COVID and a little before that. And it's an extraordinary experience of going to the prison. But you know what works so well? It's not so much a, a big old sermon. It's like someone saying, here's my life. Here's my story in three minutes, in five minutes. Here's what I've been through. And all the people, go, they're, they're nodding their head going, yeah, I can relate to that. I was once in darkness, but now I'm in the light. I was once 